Hello and welcome to uh, We're Talking About Rabbits. This is part two today in our little philosophical, anthropological, theological journey into the rabbit holes that we find on the interwebs. That's right. This is part two of a conversation that we had with Father Peter Hears and Father Silouan Justiniano, cats that I know well and love. And they dig in with their very big Orthodox Eastern Orthodox shovels, they dig into the concept today of what it means for the church when we get into this COVID conversation and what it means when we import some things like ecumenism and things like perennialism into our own conversations. How does it work out for us in times of crisis? Yeah, that's part two. Take a listen. And unfortunately, a grave, a, b- a big example of the danger of perennialism is uh, Kavner. Uh, the, he started the composer? off. Yes, 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 yes. He started off like, you know, with the monastery, uh, you know, with the, I forgot the name of the nun who was supposedly guiding him. And eventually he became closer and closer with the Shuanites. And that that basically led him into like composing like, you know, uh, uh perennialist kind of like you know uh, uh symphonies and 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 i don't know what happened at the end that's sort of like a mystery but it seems like he ended up basically drinking the shoe and i kool-aid and and uh it's sad <laughs> i know but it's sad. let me ask a question i don't know how this will come out it's it's all it, these judgments are based fundamentally on public writings or public compositions, right? The spirit of the thing itself, the book or the speech or whatever, the spirit of it may be one thing or another, but you guys are making judgments based. I mean, if Taverner just got quiet after he became Orthodox and and died, he may have had the same ideas, same thoughts, but we only know it by what he produces, right? So there's a type of intellectual assumption that we can know these things based on a a writing in time or a moment in time or- Well, that's part of my my problem. If you were to actually assess, I wrote this article uh, called uh, On Visionary Art, a Traditional Critique. And, uh, and, and- it appeared in a perennialist uh, magazine. Yes, it did. And yes. you became and, a perennialist for a little and while. I, I, exactly. And then, it, then you know, my abbot meets a priest and then the priest communicates to, 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 to him. Oh, you're, you're, you're that, you're, you know, your monastery is where that perennialist writer lives. Right. And like, oh yeah. I've heard so, that. So about it's you, like, it's, it's by guilt way. by association. Okay. So, so, and also, and I'm sure that not being careful enough for my part, you know, well, and is so, that what it was? Because I know you. See, this is it, what I'm trying uh, well, to say. Yes. No, uh, the spirit the of is, you is not that you don't know. Yeah, but the thing say is, that. but but no. but 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 John, no. the problem is that the problem is that um, you could be writing something at one time, intending it for the good. But in, in hindsight, you realize that it was not tactful and or it was not put in the the other priest on this call then (laughs) schismatic so i mean or is he because he's written things that are tearing stuff apart and so 
Or is he just saying something, a snapshot in time that has a particular effect? And that's one of many pieces in his in oral the, right, and right, video right. library. Like, no, there's something bigger to be judged, something bigger than we don't a, need a, to go into personal judgments. I, I don't need to. We're not standing in judgment of anybody, including Sherrard. I'm not saying as the man, I mean, you know, but as the writings, I'm saying how they might end up serving might, right. or not serving the unity of the church. I think there's hmm. there's a lot of things. It, 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 you know, it's the a unity of mankind is not going to be based on this syncretistic, least common denominator ecumenism. It's not going to, it's not going to fly. There's going to have to be a very robust intellectual apology, and I think that's what perennialism gives. That's and a God, there'll be a God, an actual something to worship will emerge, right? Well, I don't think there's in, any way in through the religions themselves. Eventually, eventually, of course, the Antichrist will will say he is God, right? And he will demand the worship of, of humanity. But to get to that point, the people are going to have to give up uh, and, and submit to something, um, the Christians especially, uh, that on a, intellectual, intellectually they're going to have to give up the exclusivity of Christ. That will be a necessary step toward that stage that's and i think perennialism gives that yeah, yeah that's the pivotal that's the one thing that i think um more and more our culture demands that for you to be a good citizen so to speak you have to relativize the church the or you know the, the, the body of christ and you have to relativize christ as the means to deification, hmm. the means to, to, you know, I mean, he's the way the truth, he's the way the truth. Exactly. And, and, and for you, for anybody to say that automatically it is perceived as a judgment. And that's you, the you, incarnate logos. Yes. The incarnate. incarnate yeah, exactly. Like the if you, if you say that to most people, most people, tend to hear it as if you are by default judging them yeah hey everybody andrew from first things here again with a couple of quick announcements first we are still looking for two incredible people to join us in mozambique as field workers if you want to find out more information please follow the link and likewise we are also looking for a podcast editor if that is something that interests you uh, you can find more information about that at the same place. That's it from me. Now back to the show. And so, you know, it, the the uh, the words of uh, Father Daniel, the new martyr, the Russian uh, priest who was killed uh, uh, by a Muslim in his church about what 10, 15 years, what twelve years ago now? How long has it been? Mm-hmm. He uh, he says. Uh, I commemorated my article there. He says that uh, going forward, there will be the following division among Orthodox Christians and Christians, of course, but Orthodox Christians as well. And that will be that those who will accept it, that, that yes, there are many paths up the mountain. Yes. Others are on the way. And uh, yes, uh, you don't have to believe in Christ, incarnate Christ to be therefore in communion with God. And then there'll be those who will say, because they're not going to, they're not going to demand from each Christian to deny Christ. Keep the, keep Christ. He's one of many. Keep him. You're a Christian. Believe him. No one will say you don't have to. But you have to accept the others as also salvific, as also pass up the mountain. We're there already. 
in many ways. I mean, mm-hmm. generally we're there, but it will become a point where you, if you do not accept that, in other words, if you do not embrace that, which is a denial of Christ, because Christ did not say there are many paths to the Father, but I am I the am, one and only right. path to the Father. So if you do accept that, you have denied Christ, whether you like it or not. So so the um, uh, that will be a sign of true Christian belief and confession. It will be a threat to society. They will call those Christians essentially threats to society, uh, people who are violent, you know, against others. Even if they never do any violence, they will be considered to be uh, enemies of society because of their faithfulness to, well, to that's, the that's- that's already that's already in effect in other uh, terrains that like if you were not willing to accept specific, you know, gender inclinations, you're automatically being violent to that person. That's, you that's know, and, spoken constantly. You know, and so it's like oh, cool. it's, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's already the, the, the ground is already prepared for that kind of, you know, the, 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 the whole question of, you know, I, I, I watched this documentary the other day. What is a woman? I don't know if you guys see it, but it's worth your time. And what, I, what, what, what jumped off the page to me as somebody who is constantly looking at the question of ecclesiology and Christology and all this is that we are there where they, they don't even know what a woman is or a man is anymore. We're there precisely because at once upon a time in the West, they didn't know who Christ was and who the body of Christ was. And that, and that is yes. the a direct line from the dissolution of the body of Christ in the West yes. to the solution yes. of the identity of the human person today. And was, what we need, to, we, need a, we, need a, we need a documentary that says, not what is a woman, but what is a Christian? Yeah. What is a Christian? Which means what is the body of Christ? Because you can't have a Christian without the body That's of Christ. Right. And so, and <laughs> if, if Protestants and Roman Catholics and Orthodox would, would simply come to understand that, yeah, you're fighting against transgenderism and all the rest, but your, your intellectual past is what led us to this dissolution. Mm-hmm. And we need to repent, not just of the, la- the latest theory from some sexologist, but we need to repent <laughs> of the last 600 years uh, of a departure from traditional uh, understanding of Christ, which means the body of Christ, because they're in separate. I, I think, I think it, it is the, the one of the things that I was having actually a conversation with uh, students at Hunter College. Um, and uh, the whole, of course, I mean, they were women, and by default, they came and talked about like ordination of women. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, man, what did I get myself into?" Anyways, but and I, along the conversation, as I was trying to like you know strategically like navigate that, I came to the conclusion that um, the whole problem of like of the whole gender thing with like. Uh, predicating the human being to- solely on the consciousness and 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 dissolving the unity of the human person as a uh, uh, like a duality or like a coming together of of the of, of a body and soul and and if if it's only what your thoughts say. And who you think you are, and based on your 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 mental ratiocination and 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 fantasies, and you don't. <laughs> so so it goes back to what you were saying about like the 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 body of Christ, like the totality 
of the divine humanity, like the totality of the human being as body and soul, like the, the church as a real, like a reality that is here with us today that has a continuity from Pentecost to today. And not the whole mystical, loosey-goosey, like, you know, Protestant version where it doesn't matter what forms you take, but we have a specific way of, of actually engaging in the, the, the right doxology, the, the right entry into actualizing our deification. And that involves a, both the sacramental uh, uh, dimensions of, of, of a matter and our physical partaking of the body of, and blood of Christ. That, that sacramentality of, of, of form, of the embodiment, is crucial. Um, anyways, in, in light of the whole crisis with the whole gender uh, problem. But absolutely, utterly, and here's another thing. You can pass through that conversation that feels so foreign to me and to you guys, this transgender conversation, you can pass through it like a forest and then you're back to a beautiful, shiny beach in places that are nuts, like West Africa. If you go to West Africa, like he does actually in that video, I think he goes to East Africa. Yeah, yeah he does. There's a he crazy, goes, yeah. there's a crazy clarity on all these conversations that suddenly for me, when I travel there feels <laughs> awkwardly like home. And then you start to realize is that something really weird is going on. There's a deep inversion in the West of the most sort of simple pr principles of human existence. <laughs> so it's, it's actually worse than just a little turn on the road and we got a little lost. Actually, we're embracing, right? We're embracing the dark forest of confusion well, as reality. Yeah. This is this this is the mystery of iniquity. This is the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist will be in the place of Christ, so he has to arise from among the formerly Christian peoples. The Antichrist will not come from those who never knew Christ. And 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 so why do you say that? Sense, because he because he has to. It is a distortion. Of oh Christ. yeah, right, right. It's an very right. It's the mirror. So if you yeah. don't know Christ, there's no Antichrist coming out of that. And so why the various you know, indigenous religions or, or peoples in Africa or Asia or something, that's not where it's got to come from the apostate, formerly Christian peoples. That's where the enemy is, is working to, you know, undo and distort and pervert. And then they will well, like from the mall of America them. in Minneapolis. Yeah. It's the mall yeah. of America. That's where it's coming from. <laughs> the, the, well, <laughs> Sorry, people from Minnesota, but. It does seem like the mall of America. It does seem like it might come from there. The <laughs> yeah. If anyone is a supporter of first things there, I'd like to apologize, but it does seem it's either there or Disneyland. I don't know which one. Should we leave well, it there? It, it, you guys it, aren't it, thinking that's funny. There. That was it'll funny. Accepted there. I don't know if it'll come from there. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe is that whole, you know, simulation, hyper reality, man. You know, it's a that's a, it's that's a our next conversation. Right. So, well, all right, we did okay. I think we might turn this into two parts. We'll see what Andrew says in the end. I have to run, guys. They're yelling at me on my phone. But so, um, we didn't I even think get to have to we've, stuff. We've covered all the bases, right? I mean, what do you think, Father? 
I mean, yeah, we tried. We tried. I mean, it's difficult. It's a massive topic. It's an elephant. We just, you know, we got we got up to the you know legs and maybe some of the horns or whatever. But it's a, it's a massive topic, and uh, yeah, hopefully we've helped a few people out there to gravitate toward the eyewitnesses of the word, the experience, right? The experience of Christ. That's what's key. That's yeah, what right. Needs to exactly. Um, I mean, we could do another conversation right now, but there, I have to go to the restaurant. They're yelling at me. Uh, you got to, because I wanted to do some ecumenism in the church with this whole COVID conversation, but we kind of touched on it. So should we do a quick, you can splice, you can do a question or two and then you can splice it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Andrew, we'll keep, we're going to just throw one conversation out there and then you can splice it in as you want. Here we go. So tell me you two about this conversation that happened during COVID and still happening. I feel like these principles of parentalism are in there. They're, they're in the conversation about two spoons and they're what happened. Why did we become so polarized within the church during this period? And why is there something like getting in trouble for just saying simple things uh, about spoons? Why did that happen? How would you all discuss that? I'll let Father Silvan go first. Um, well, I, I, I think that part of the problem um, falls uh, along the lines of the whole thing was handled in a way that um, seemed um, extreme from representatives of the church that um, did not, did not up, uphold the right, uh, they didn't uphold the priorities they didn't look at the they didn't look at the totality of what the life of the church is about and they just erred on basically a a an inflated kind of sense of like uh danger that seemed to go counter to what a, a traditional approach to life in church is about and so so they seemed to from the very beginning compromise essentials um and and i know from our experience we we got a lot of people in our community coming from um uh, you know dioceses that like that that basically caved in readily to restrictions that jeopardize um the upholding of making the sacraments accessible as the primary component of, of, of health in spiritually and physically, as we say so in, in the prayers. To me, the to me, this is, this is not a surprise though. You know, I mean, we were shocked, but we shouldn't have been. It, it, it was, the it why- was the, it was sort of like the culmination of, 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 of what was already. Yes. It's like, yeah, of course it's like it has people, to- some, Right. So like some people like um, in the church were already displeased by specific behaviors from the hierarchs. And then when they do this, 
then it was sort of like a confirmation underlining. Okay. So of course they're like, they're selling out what, you know, what, what the church is all about in terms of our, 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 our temptation. Temptations come precisely to see what, for the Lord to allow us to come to self-knowledge. That's why the Lord allows it. We can't be saved without temptations because temptations uh, uh, basically allow us to make progress spiritually in understanding where we're not in communion with God. And so uh, the fact that we shut down without before the governments, the fact that we uh, were afraid in the temple and we, we ended up, some of us, uh, blaspheming the Holy Spirit by implying that you can be sick from the Holy Communion or even the spoon that the Holy Communion covers and all the rest of these amazing things that you stood in awe and you said, is it Orthodox Christians and Orthodox bishops doing this? Uh, w- what we should have said is, of course, uh, this is the natural consequence of a secularization of the Christian right. people. Yes. And That's therefore, right. yeah, it's not, it shouldn't have been a massive surprise, although it was, it was a shock. And the question is now, is there going to be repentance? It, are we going to repent for our stance and for our methodologies that we chose that were according to the world and not according to Christ? Are we going to say, wait a minute, we made an error. And if we don't, at least some of I, us. I think, you know, I think, yeah. We got, we got a round two coming. We're going to be a round two yeah. coming down the road. And it'll be probably worse like than the first. And and so this is a really important period. We have a little breathing space right now. And and uh, maybe it's time for me to plug this. John, you need to tell your people. Yeah, well, that's right. This is a, I don't know if you can see this. There you go. It's our, 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 our Uncome Out and Press just published this book. It's a collection of essays. And it's 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 an attempt among uh, clergy and lay people and doctor, a doctor, we have a doctor here, a presbyterian, we have a, a philosopher, a theologian, ethicist, myself writing. And our, what we're trying to do is say, here's what, here's where we misstepped. Here's what, what went wrong and why uh, the Orthodox did and they should have should have done differently. And I, hopefully this is a discussion we can have as Orthodox. Where's the I discussion think, going on? I it's think like there's a lot of fear going on right among, here. Uh, yeah, right here. I think the discussion needs to happen, but I think the discussion has to be spliced out in different layers because I think there are so many different components in, 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 that, are, that are intertwined in this, in this, in this crisis. And I think, um, you know, I, I don't think, I think the, 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 the reaction from some sectors of the church uh, in compromising the centrality of the importance of the synaxis and the Eucharist um, completely um, um, polarized situ- the situation. Now, like you're saying, there's a breather point. Now there need there is a there is a need to then, from like from from a a, a very sober, uh, traditional, patristic ethos, come into some articulation, that is not, for lack of a better way of putting it, over, uh, simplistic, about the situation. And 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 I we've think gotta, we've got to go back to our theology, Father. Uh, yes, we've got to go back yes. to our spiritual basis. And so I, I, I think start there. 
We've got to start yes. there. We need to say, what is the implication of the incarnation in our lives? What does it mean to, to be in communion with God? These are basic questions we need to, to see, you know, talk about and, and, and answer because it's going to come again. When they said, when they said we need to love our neighbor, we need to shut down the church. There was no visceral reaction among the people, or not enough. There should have been a visceral reaction, like, what? How can you love if you don't have communion immediate in Christ? And that means the Eucharist, and that means the synaxis. It's, uh, it's, it's not possible to imagine the church shutting its doors in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a, of a need of the world to, to commune with God. You know? So there was, there's, it, it exposes a massive problem among our not our not our conception only but our experience of Jesus Christ I think and it's going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of doubling down on on you know long-suffering patience but also repentance to get back to or to, to get to a place where we can say okay here is the orthodox response to you know whatever it is that's coming down the the, the pike the the so-called pandemic that's coming yeah, um, but there's, I think, yeah, yeah. there's a we but, going around in this conversation. We need to do that. We need to do that. So you took a pretty prominent role in being something like the we, like you kept having the conversation. I know this because I kept getting questioned when I would go to talk about First Things Foundation. Are you Peter here's his brother? That happened a lot. <laughs> And then there was usually a frown, and every now and then there was a smile. It was it kind of got both reactions. How does the we happen in an or in a, in, a, in in the church? Like, I mean, look, I know how it happens outside of and how it happens in families. Somebody says something like that was a mistake. You can't get someone to admit that through a really good intellectual internet conversation. It's not happening, man. And so I keep trying to ask you, and I want to know from both of you, how does that happen? How does, how do the, we, we know their names. We can name the bishops. You think more internet conversations are going to get them to do that. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> well, we don't have, we meaning the rest, the rest of us who are not, you know, let's say leading the policy or whatever you want to call it of how the church should act and all that. We don't have, the ability to initiate a corporate conversation. So oh, the internet, we, do, we might be doing it. You might be doing it. Oh yeah. And it's well, insofar as we can do it through the internet, but I'm saying you, you were saying, well, how do we, meaning the whole church, including the hierarchy, have a conversation that has to be the hierarchy. I think they have to, they have to open up to it and say, let's do it. Let's have a conference. Let's have papers. I don't know. There's a variety of ways you can try to do that, but Uh, that's helpful you know there's a if there's a narrative and you are not toting it uh what usually happens is they try to marginalize you and 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 call you names which is what pretty much happened in our in our work for the last couple of years um it was i think think also there needs to be there needs to be uh as i said before um there is there there needs to be some way of putting all the different interpretive options on the table. And my, my fear is that there is uh, a, a, an extreme poll that 
was manifest in the way it was like the crackdown of shutting down even Pasca. And then there is like the, the, then there is like an extreme pole that goes way off in the realm of, of for, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say it is, 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 it's like anything that you claim as data is doubted. And so therefore there is no information either coming from the government, the scientific community, uh, or your hierarchy or anybody else that is to be trusted. And so then where then can there be a conversation between these two poles? There has to be some kind of like meeting of minds uh, where you put the ethical questions at the table. You put the theological questions at the table. Yeah, you put yeah. the pastoral questions at the table. And then and then you you assess all these things in a in a in a slow manner. But you, but you cannot you cannot basically like uh, uh, sink into camps of, of of polar polar accusation, and this Father is Peter, this is my this is my do, fear. Do you think you contributed yeah. to that polarity during this period, like in your work? I don't know. I can't judge my work. You guys, you guys are looking at it from the outside. You guys, people will have to judge it. History will judge it. I don't know. I, I, I sit in front of a camera. I talk to people who want to listen. They don't want to listen. They don't have to listen. Nobody's forced to listen. So I just present it as I see, as I understand it from my experience with contemporary elders and the saints, whether it is polarized. I don't know. Truth doesn't, truth should unite those who are in it. I was going to say to fellow Silouan previously, this whole polarization you're talking about in any, whatever case it might be, ecumenism or COVIDism, it, it, it exists it ex pre-existed and now it's manifest, right? So the, the and the, and the reason why it can't yes. exist is because we don't have a common experience. If we had a common experience, it would be nothing. There'd be no division. There'd be one voice, one heart, one voice like they had at Pentecost. So you, you're, the question is, why do we have a division of experience? And then, and therefore we now have a, a, a manifest division in terms of what we understand the, 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 the church to be saying, Christ to be saying, right? Uh, and that's that's not going to be solved with let's get together and have a debate or something. But no, no, at I, least right, we should. Yeah, true. Yeah. And the fact the fact that there's a tyrannical response to people who don't agree with the narrative, I think that shows you the worldliness. I mean, forgive me. I'm not I don't know anybody. I'm not trying to photograph anybody. But if if you are in a position of authority and you're <laughs> threatened by people and you want to shut them down, that's not a Christian response. That's not a fatherly response. I that's agree not a. That. Yeah. So at least that that should expose the problem, the spiritual problem, and it's a serious spiritual problem. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's, there's a type of? Do you think there's a type of insidious democracy that's inherent in the in the in, in the internet that is anti-church? In other words, that it, that is dangerous to the idea of ecclesiology or the ecclesia. Is there something about the internet that's making all this worse? The internet doesn't do anything unless the church opens itself up and allows it to be run by the internet. I mean, 
that's the internet essentially should be used as a way to communicate to other Orthodox Christians. And so it's still an ecclesiastical, it should still be an ecclesiastical discussion. And ultimately the church has to be the, with a closed door and has to make its decisions on its own. So we're using these means because they're there, but um, no, it's not necessarily a destructive. Uh, depends how, how we allow it to, uh, yeah. to, to influence us in the church. Father, do you think there's something inherent in the in the internet, the way we use it? I'm not talking about just you, Father Peter. I'm talking about I use it. Everybody uses it. Like, is there something I, there? I think that, they're dangerous. I think it's a tool. I think there is a tool, and it's, it's how it is used. I mean, but I think I think I think um, I think you cannot use it to replace the 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 essential component of of, of synaxis of coming together in church. Mm-hmm. And 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 to have direct relational communal interaction, and that is irreplaceable, and that's not going to happen. I mean, this is this is this is this is this is good what we're doing here, but it's not it's not like being in the same room and actually communing in 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 person. Yeah. And I think I think that is that is uh, that is crucial. And I think um, yeah. I think uh, no, John. Last word: If we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, nobody, no matter who they are, from the internet or from wherever they're coming, are going to have a problem. They're going to do anything to the inner life of the church. The fact that that people, mm-hmm. some guy on the internet, can come and teach, and the, and the, the faithful are listening to him, means there's something wrong. There's something missing in our own life mm-hmm. in Christ, right? I think you got you to always come back to that and say, well, what, the underlying problem is spiritual. It's a question of experience. It's a question of communion. Mm-hmm. And it's not a question of methodology or the Internet or whatever it might be. It's a question of, so if you have a vibrant, dynamic, spiritual life in a parish, people are loving one another in Christ, uh, imitating Christ, you have nothing to worry about. You're already forming the people in Christ. The fact that they're, that's missing is what creates all the other problems um, from exothin, you know, from outside or from somewhere else. All right, guys, I have to say to you, my godson and my little brother, it was <laughs> nice being your Lagoyan L- L- child, the godfather for like a, l- a little bit of time. Cause usually you guys are in charge and it's nice that way. All right. Well, we'll see you all later. I'm going to say goodbye to you guys. Can you come back? And it's a blessing. Thank you for being on. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, John, for uh, Good. This. Thanks for having us, John. God bless. Good yeah. struggles. Thank you. We'll see Thank you, you have all success soon. success in all your work. First, first things and everything. Thank you, Father Siloan. All right. Thank you, Father. And Father Siloan will be coming to our to our summit up in North Dakota this, this North summer. North Dakota coming up weeks. soon, yeah. man. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. And I'm going right. to see you later. Well, that marks the end of our show. I think we could have kept going, except for it looked like somebody cut something caught on fire there, Father Peter, and he had to go. We were talking about, wow, one group of people, Orthodox Christians, trying to deal with this one very serious situation called COVID, and what exactly made it so serious. I loved it. Uh, stay tuned for more conversations like this where we try to figure out old and new world issues by importing theology and history and all kinds of things in order to serve well in order to help me and you gain a better understanding of the world we live in and we do it to support 
our work. At First Things Foundation, www.first-things.org. Check us out. Go on a trip with us to the Georgia Republic in September. Please do that. Consider that. That would be fun. And consider coming to our restaurant and supporting all of our guys in the field by becoming a monthly donor. This is Watar Nakvamdis, and thank you for tuning in. See you next week.